step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Sotopoulos, the Statman on a Sunday morning, the 9th of April 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the Eastern. We are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as they take you through the world of sports. A good Sunday morning after everybody, a special Sunday morning episode uh, this weekend, and we are uh, primed for the finale, the last day of the National Hockey League regular season of the 2016-2017 season, and uh, because of uh, the goings-on last night, there will not be a final playoff berth determined today. It was determined last night. Congratulations to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who uh, picked up the eighth and final seed in the Eastern Conference, holding off both the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Islanders doing their part last night by beating the Devils 4-2 to in Newark, but Toronto defeated Pittsburgh 5-3 at home, and that sealed the deal as Toronto needed to get uh, two points to pick up a berth in the final two games of the season uh, against Pittsburgh and Columbus today. They took care of it early. They took care of it on uh, Saturday, so there's no drama on Sunday. The Islanders needed to win both of their games, and Tampa needed to win both of their games and hope for a slip-up of either uh, Toronto or the Islanders in order for Tampa to sneak in uh, on the uh, with the eighth seed, basically it's the right to face uh, the Washington Capitals in the first round as they've clinched the President's Trophy with 118 points through 81 games. One more game against Florida at home to finish off the slate. They are plus 83 in goal differential. They've only lost eight games at home, only six in regulation, and they've won four in a row. They're coming into the playoffs hot, and Washington will be the number one seed, uh, and they will face um, the the lower wild card. I said Toronto clinched the eighth. That is not true. Uh, Right now, Toronto's in the three spot in the Atlantic. So right now, Boston falls to the eighth seed uh, as it stands. As their their schedule is complete at 95 points. Uh, They lost to Washington last night, three to one. Uh, Toronto has uh, has the edge in terms of, uh, um, well, they, they have fewer games played. So Toronto needs a point today against Columbus. So there is some playoff drama, not in terms of who makes it and who doesn't, but who plays whom in the first round. We're not quite sure. Toronto has a game today against Columbus. If they get a single point, uh, they will clinch a, uh, a first-round series against second-place second Ottawa in the Atlantic draw. Otherwise, Toronto falls to the second wild card, and they will play the vaunted Capitals, which is a team that most, uh, I would imagine, most – Teams do not want to face at this point. So Boston hoping that Toronto loses to Columbus in regulation, and that would give Boston the edge uh, and that third spot in the Atlantic because of regulation plus overtime wins. Boston is 42, Toronto is 39, and Boston would then face Ottawa if Toronto 
loses in regulation to Columbus. Meanwhile, Montreal won the Atlantic with 103 points. They will face the New York Rangers in the first round, the Rangers getting the top wild card with 100 points. So not a big difference between Montreal and the Rangers. Not only that, the Rangers have won more games on the road than Montreal has won at home. The Rangers are a fantastic road team at 27, 12, and 2. They just can't win at the Garden, or they're having trouble winning at the Garden. In 40 games at the Garden, they have the uh, finale today, and it's at home against the Penguins. Uh, they have won 20. They've lost 20, four of them in overtime or a shootout. So uh, 20, 16, and 4 at the Garden. But they are fantastic on the road. Montreal 24, 12, and 5 at the Bell Center. So that will, that will uh, definitely happen. That is a locked-in matchup, Montreal facing the Rangers. Washington, we're not sure uh, if it will be Toronto or Boston. And the other team will play Ottawa in the Atlantic draw. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh and Columbus, that is locked in, and Pittsburgh will get the home ice there as both of them finish their, game, uh, finish their season, uh, regular season slates today. Pittsburgh will get the edge and will host game one. We don't know when the, uh, the first games will be in each of these series. And, um, uh, but we do know uh, a couple of the matchups. So what we're going to do is we're going to follow the playoffs. We're going to set up our bracket. We have a, uh, we have a public league in there called Sports with the Statman. So go on to NHL.com slash bracket, look for Sports with the Statman, and join up, and we'll see how you do, and we'll announce the leaders on the program. Very quickly, in the Western Conference, uh, Chicago has clinched the best record in the Western Conference, 109 points. They are finished. They're 50-23-9. and nine. They will face either Calgary or Nashville in the first round. Uh, right now, actually, they're finished, so we know it will be Nashville, actually, because Calgary had two more regulation plus overtime wins. Calgary with 41, ROWs, Nashville with 39. They both finished with 94 points. But Nashville had fewer, so they will draw Chicago in the first round. Meanwhile, Calgary will take on the winner of the Pacific. And that will be, looks to be Anaheim, even though it is not finalized. Anaheim has a two-point lead on Edmonton. Both of them play today. Both of them tied with 42 regulation plus overtime wins. And if it's tied, then it goes to the head-to-head matchup between Anaheim and Edmonton. And, of course, with that, if it is an even number – of uh, games played of home and away for, for both teams, uh, then it is a, uh, a straight head-to-head. If it's odd with uh, uh, one team playing more home games than the other team, the first home game of the team that hosted more games is thrown out of that tiebreaker. That's how it works. So still to be determined who will win the Pacific, and, who, and, that, and of course who, that means it is still up in the air who will face Calgary in that first round. It also means that it's up in the air because the loser of that draw and whoever finishes second in the Pacific will take on the San Jose Sharks, who finished with 99 points in 82 games. They will not have home ice in the first round, but they are the third seed in the Pacific. Meanwhile, one thing we do know is Minnesota and St. Louis will face off in the Central Division playoffs. Uh, Minnesota with 106 points, they will get home ice. St. Louis with 97 plus a game to play today at home against the Avalanche to finish up, but it's really inconsequential. So Minnesota will host game one. So we know it will be Chicago-Nashville and Minnesota-St. Louis on one side of the draw. We do not know about the Pacific side. Who will play Calgary as the uh, uh, division winner? And then whoever doesn't win the division will place, will face San Jose between Anaheim and Edmonton in that, in that draw. So uh, a couple, a little bit of, uh, of intrigue uh, going into the final day. But once again, NHL.com slash bracket. Look for sports with the Statman. 
and uh, look for the public league and make your picks. The draws will be put up, looks like, uh, tomorrow. The playoffs will start on Wednesday on the NBC family of networks, and it will be a lot of fun, of course, as it always is, the best playoffs in sports, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs for 2017. Okay. Uh, we brought that up because of the fantasy element of picking the winners here, and that's, uh, that's what we're going to do. But we still have a lot to get to. Fantasy baseball is uh, almost through week one, so we are going to uh, shift our attention now to lead off the show, obviously, with fantasy baseball. We're going to look at the weekly best. We'll take a look quickly position by position. Go on to injuries and hot pickups. And, of course, in fantasy focus this week, we're going to take a look back at our uh, at our fantasy draft of our house league, the first to third league, now in our 18th uh, season. We're going to take a look at some of the picks and some of the surprises, uh, both good and bad, for the uh, for the draft. So we hope you enjoy that. We'll spend a couple of minutes on that. Also, looking ahead to week two, not only injuries and hot pickups for fantasy baseball, but also two-star pitchers. We're going to take a look at uh, uh, some scheduled stars. And, of course, we can't, we can't forget about hockey. We're going to take a look at the last – eight days of data. We don't have the last day of the season because it hasn't happened yet technically. By the time you hear this, it may definitely have. However, we can give you the last eight days of information, give you the top power play and penalty killing units. And, uh, of course, uh, we, will, uh, we will close up on that note. One more thing, and, and uh, this is important as well. Out of the park baseball, 18 is out and definitely worth your time as it is each and every year. A lot of new uh, items, a lot of improved features as well. I'm going to uh, do a blog on it. We're going to uh, test out the game in the, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, you can skip to the end and buy the game. Out of the Park Baseball 18, you can do that by going to ootpdevelopments.com. New for this year, opening day rosters as you get every year. But not only for Major League Baseball, but Minor League Baseball, all the way down to the rookie leagues. You have eight international leagues, a lot of independent leagues too. There's improved uh, artificial intelligence, so it's not. Uh, it, it, it keeps getting harder and harder every year uh, to uh, to dupe the, uh, uh, the the artificial intelligence in, in, in a trade. Uh, but you can uh, you can also you know the the immersion factor, the lifelike factor of this game keeps getting better. You can retain salaries and trades. You can, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the new rule changes in the collective bargaining agreement has been incorporated into into games uh you have enhanced play-by-play text league news improved game recaps so the reporting of the game continues to improve the three-dimensional mode which came up a couple of years ago where you have a three uh, 3d rendering of the ballpark keeps getting better and better obviously you know this is not an arcade game this is a game based on real numbers this is a game based on probability and uh it keeps getting graphically more more pleasing not only in the UI and the, and the screens, but also in the game. There's also a new challenge mode where you can unlock achievements and compare your season scores and accolades to players from all over the world uh, in, in, to trying to turn the best out-of-the-park baseball manager uh, in the world. And uh, that new challenge mode. There is uh, tournaments, the ability to have like a World Baseball Classic um, tournament, uh, fall leagues like the Arizona Fall League, uh, and also the idea of promotion and relegation, which is very uh, critical in soccer around the world, not really heard of in baseball, but the, uh, the fans asked for it, and they answered. I've always wanted promotion and relegation. That would be fantastic. So the lower-level teams start to, uh, 
to start to go for it so they can avoid being on the bottom, the bottom group that gets demoted down to the uh, lower level. And also, historically, uh, Negro Leagues, the minor league database, uh, has been expanded to include Negro League seasons, making uh, a lot of these what-if scenarios possible. Players like Josh Gibson, Cool Papa Bell, Satchel Paige in his prime, and early Jackie Robinson, and early Hank Aaron, the list goes on and on, uh, Buck O'Neill. Uh, and you can incorporate those players into your uh, baseball universe and even have those players play with the Babe Ruths and Lou Gehrig's of, of the day. Uh, it's, it's pretty tremendous. So check it out, ootpdevelopment.com, and pick up your copy of Out of the Park Baseball 18. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, uh, over time, we're going to uh, get our, our simulations fired up. You can follow that on our website, statmansportsonline.com, and also you can check it, check it there in the next couple of weeks. I'll post a, uh, a blog where we test the game, put it through its paces a little bit, but outoftheparkdevelopments.com to buy the game, statmansportsonline.com is our website uh, to take a look at uh, uh, some content we're going to put up uh, about the game and our experiences with the game. And also, still to come, we have, not, uh, we have not figured out exactly how and when. It's about finding the time more than anything else. But getting on twitch.tv to do a, uh, a video blog, a video uh, web series on, um, uh, on Out of the Park Baseball 18 and, and gameplay with it, as well as Franchise Hockey Manager 3, and to, uh, to kind of uh, run through simulations, but to do it in audio and video form, uh, and also the written form on our, on our website. So we hope you enjoy all that good stuff. And now let's get to the fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball uh, news, notes, numbers, and all that good stuff from week one in fantasy baseball. Glad you could be with us on a, uh, a beautiful, if a little brisk, Sunday morning as the weather is starting to warm up. Happy Palm Sunday for those of you who, uh, uh, who celebrate, and a happy Passover tomorrow night for those who celebrate that great holiday. And uh, we get started with uh, week one. We can take a look at the first six days of the season, really. It's basically six days. You're looking at um, the games that started technically on uh, uh, April 2nd, a week ago. Uh, there were three games on the schedule, but opening day, April 3rd for everyone else, all the way through last night, Saturday night, uh, April the uh, April the eighth, and we take a look at hitters. And JT Realmuto is the top fantasy player over the last week. Ten for eighteen, a double, a triple, two homers, six RBIs, six runs scored, two walks, and no strikeouts. He has a little bit of everything. Thirty-three fantasy points for JT Realmuto uh, at the top of the fantasy numbers for Week One. Paul Goldschmidt at number two. Tied with Brandon Belt, actually. We give it to Goldschmidt because of the higher uh, OPS. Actually, uh, to be honest, the higher OPS is slightly in Brandon Belt's favor because of an 800 slugging percentage. So I'll reverse that. Let's give the second star to Brandon Belt, who was 7 for 25. It, that's a 280 batting average with three homers, seven RBIs, a stolen base, two doubles, a triple, five runs scored, and 31 fantasy points. Paul Goldschmidt had two steals and two homers, five RBIs. Uh, seven for 22. He had a couple of doubles, five walks, five Ks. He had 31 fantasy points. So the OPS for Brandon Belt is 1157, while for Paul Goldschmidt, it was a paltry, joking, uh, 1126. Uh, but Belt gets the second star, Goldschmidt the third star. Rounding out the top five, Mark Reynolds of the Colorado uh, Rockies batted 409, three homers, eight RBIs for the week. And Yasiel Puig 
Batted 368 with three homers and five runs batted in, both of them with 29 fantasy points. They round out the top five. In terms of overall leaders in home runs, several guys with three bombs, uh, Rugnet Odor, George Springer, uh, the aforementioned Belt and Reynolds, Chris Davis, Giovanni Soto from the White Sox. That's the, one of the more unlikely names of this list. Francisco Lindor had two in a game. It uh, had the line of the week with a 19-point uh, day. Uh, and also, uh, yes, the week, and Salvi Perez had three home runs this past week, batted 316. Good, good numbers there. In terms of RBIs, nine RBIs for Nomar Mazzara of the Texas Rangers. He had 28 points for the past week, a solid week for him. Uh, Mark Reynolds with eight RBIs was second. And in stolen bases, three for several players, including Raul Mondesi Jr., uh, Trey Turner, Brian Dozier had three uh, steals and no home runs. That's uh, something you don't expect to see. Malik Smith of Tampa Bay, the speedster, had three, three stolen bases. Eduardo Nunez, Brett Gardner, and Marcus Semien, all with three steals. Runs scored for rotisserie fanatics out there. Who led in runs scored? That's an important stat in five-by-five five leagues. Paul Goldschmidt had eight runs scored. Yunel Escobar and Jake Lamb with seven as Arizona scored a ton of runs. Goldschmidt and Lamb among the top three in runs scored. Uh, with six, several players, including Miguel Sano, Adam Eaton, uh, Nolan Arenado, Cesar Hernandez, uh, the aforementioned Rail Muto, Mitch Hanniger, center fielder for the Seattle Mariners, uh, only batted 208 for the uh, for the week on base 321 uh, on base percentage of 321, but he scored six runs. Uh, good stuff there. And uh, that is a quick look at uh, at overall hitters. Let's take a look at overall pitching. For the week, Dallas Keuchel leading everyone with 50 fantasy points, two game starts, one win, one no decision, 14 innings, a .64 ERA, a whip of .5, and he was one point better than Greg Holland, who had 49 fantasy points. He was the top reliever. Four saves, four innings, no runs, no hits, a walk, and six strikeouts. Greg Holland coming back from surgery. The former Royal is now closing games in Colorado. Uh, He was in a camp battle with Adam Adovino. Holland persevered. Holland was a bargain pick, and he has come out firing 49 fantasy points in the first week of the season. Kendall Graveman pitched a, uh, a masterpiece, or he was working on a masterpiece uh, the other night, last night. Uh, he had a no-hitter going late, but he gave up a run on two hits in seven innings. Uh, but in two starts, a 2.08 earned run average in 13 innings, a .85 whip, 12 strikeouts in that time. He had 47 points. He was third. Chris Archer and Alex Colomay, teammates with the Tampa Bay Rays, they round out the top five. 1-0 with a no decision of 14 and two-thirds innings, 13 strikeouts, 2.45 ERA. And after his terrible win-loss season last year, where he went uh, he went a very disappointing 9-19 um, uh, and 19 and he's been under 500 the last two years with a combined win-loss record of 21 and 32. He won his first start against the Yankees and had a no decision in his second start. So 40 fantasy points there. Alex Colomay, three saves and four to third innings, no runs on two hits, no walks, three Ks. He had 38 fantasy points. Those are your top five. Keuchel, Holland, Graveman, Archer, and Colomay, the top reliever, obviously Holland. The top one-start pitcher, Brandon Finnegan of the Cincinnati Reds, another value pick. Uh, he won his start, no runs on one hit, one walk, nine strikeouts. He had 36 fantasy points. So that is your uh, top uh, group. In terms of top local for pitchers, it was Adam Warren of the Yankees who pitched six fantastic innings, didn't allow a run or a hit, but got a no decision, struck out seven 
but his 29 points were the best among any local for pitchers and among hitters, the top local. Um, and uh, let's take a look. We may have to uh, dig a little deeper here as uh, uh, really not, not a lot of great um, uh, hitting performances. Um, but there is a tie between Chase Headley and Brett Gardner, both of the Yankees, 18 fantasy points for both of them. Headley was 7 for 17 with a homer and a steal, two RBIs and a double. Brett Gardner, 350 batting average and uh, three stolen bases. He was 7 for 20 with a couple of doubles as well. So that is your look at uh, the overall numbers. Uh, position by position, we talked about Real Muto. Jason Castro, the second-best catcher, 10 points behind Real Muto, batting 400 with a homer and five RBIs was Jason Castro, the new Twins catcher. And Giovanni Soto and Salvador Perez tied for third. Soto, three for 10, but those three hits were all home runs. Five RBIs for him. Salvador Perez, 316, three solo homers for him. Three homers, three RBIs. And James McCann rounding out the top five. For first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt, Brandon Belt, right there at the top, and Mark Reynolds in third place. But Carlos Santana and Daniel Murphy round out the top five there. Murphy, 11 for 21. He keeps on hitting three doubles, a homer, four RBIs. That is 524 for the week. Slugged 809 and had only 23 fantasy points. Not exactly sure why it was so low. I think because of his seven singles. However, uh, he keeps on hitting, boy. Daniel Murphy, last year, uh, had a grand total of... um, uh, 184 hits. He's had 188 in a season. He's never had 200, but in five games, he has 11 hits. Uh, so he just uh, keeps on hitting the baseball. Among second baseman, Daniel Murphy also qualifies there, but Jan Hervis, Solarte, Brandon Drury, another value pick, 20 fantasy points for Drury. He was 10 for 19, 526 batting average, five RBIs as well, a double and a triple. He had 20 fantasy points for the past week. Jed Lowry and Rugnet Odor, Round out the top five. Odor, three homers, six RBIs, batted 389 and slugged 944. That's a a heck of a week right there. Third base, Nolan Arenado with 25 fantasy points was the best third baseman. Yunel Escobar, a fairly close second, but Arenado, two homers, four RBIs, eight for 22 was his week, batting 364. Escobar batted 417, um, but he had one double and one homer. Miguel Sano, uh, tying Escobar for second place at 21 fantasy points, a homer, six RBIs for him. Travis Shaw, now of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, was seven for 21 in week one, a homer, six RBIs. He had 20 fantasy points in Solarte uh, and Drury, uh, also qualifying at third base there. Among shortstops, Francisco Lindor was the top shortstop by a point over Alednis Diaz, who had two big home runs yesterday for the Cardinals. But Lindor had three home runs, two in one game, batted 316, three homers, seven RBIs, slugged 842, added a steal in two attempts. Diaz with two steals, two homers, two doubles. He was seven for 23, batting 304 for the week, 26 points for Diaz. Brandon Crawford in third place with 22 points, 348 batting average with a homer, four RBIs. Eduardo Nunez at 19 points. And Gene Segura uh, now playing shortstop as he was traded from Arizona to Seattle in the offseason. He was 9 for 27 with a couple of steals, a home with three RBIs. He had 18 fantasy points. Among outfielders, the top five outfielders, we mentioned Yesiel Puig with his three home runs, Nomar Mazzara with his nine RBIs, Chris Davis, and Manuel Margot with uh, 24 fantasy points, as well as Carlos Santana, who also qualifies in the outfield right now as he's played a game out there. Uh, but Davis batting 333, 7 for 21 after a, after a, a big power year that he had for the Oakland A's last year. 
Uh, Davis hit 42 home runs, a career high, 102 RBIs, also a career high. His previous career highs were 27 homers set uh, the year before in Milwaukee and 69 RBIs was the year before that. So his 42 and 102 were fantastic. And he's off to a solid start uh, in uh, this year in Oakland as uh, he has three homers and four RBIs and 21 at-bats. Manuel Margot, the prospect center fielder for the Padres, batted 304 for the week, two homers, four RBIs. Both those homers coming on in one game on Friday night. Had a stolen base as well, three doubles, slugged 696. And Santana, uh, we talked about his week, a homer and six RBIs for him. So uh, a, a good group uh, there. Among starting pitchers, the top guys, Keiko, Braveman, Archer, Finnegan, Bumgarner, and Madison Bumgarner and Danny Duffy tied for fifth at 35 fantasy points, both of them with two starts. Bumgarner with a loss and a no decision. Otherwise, he'd be higher up on the list. Duffy with a win and a no decision. Uh, but those are the top guys. And among relievers, we talked about Holland. We talked about Colome. Zach Britton also with a solid week, three saves and five innings. Uh, but he has allowed he allowed six hits. He has a whip of 1.60 in uh, his first few appearances of the season. And Mike Dunn, the Colorado uh, Rockies, two Rocky relievers on the top five here because Dunn has two wins in relief, four innings uh, and seven strikeouts. He had 34 fantasy points. Rossiel Iglesias of the Reds, two saves in four innings, no runs on one hit, six Ks. He had 31 fantasy points. So that is your look at the weekly best and the position-by-position look. Now we're going to go on uh, to injuries, and uh, with 25 minutes after the hour, still plenty to get to, uh, including injuries, hot pickups, two-star pitchers, and schedule stars, and then, of course, our uh, fantasy hockey coverage as well. Uh, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. You can listen to the entire 45-minute podcast, 30-minute 30, 30 live feed you're listening to now, and the 15-minute podcast-only version in a number of places, our Blog Talk Radio show page which is uh, blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman, that's T-H-E-statman. This is episode number 728. Uh, we're on just about every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We're on Sunday this week, but most of the time, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern time, sit back with a cup of coffee and listen to some fantasy news, views, and uh, uh, numbers and information that can help you win your league. Uh, also, you can get the entire 45-minute podcast uh, on iTunes by typing in Sports with the Statman in the search. You can subscribe to the podcast there. Uh, also, we're on Stitcher, the Smart Radio app. You can go to Stitcher.com to find out more about that, or you can just download the free app from the Apple App Store from Google Play. You can add us to your playlist. Give us a thumbs up. You can download your episode over Wi-Fi and take it on the go with you and listen to it uh, in transit without incurring any, uh, any uh, data data charges. Also, you can listen to the show live right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash D-Statman. Uh, if you have a fantasy question or a pro opinion you want to get off your chest, you can start the conversation or join the conversation on Twitter at G-Statman. That's at G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N. And also visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash sports with the Statman. You can like us on Facebook, come back early and often. We post our audio there and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And the website is Statman Sports Online. Dot com. Okay, let's take a look at the injuries heading into week number two. Colin McHugh has been shut down for six weeks with an elbow issue. Uh, posterior impingement, that is the diagnosis, and he will uh, be reevaluated at the end of May. That is not a good sign. Uh, and he, th- there really aren't any concerns about potential Tommy John surgery. He had an MRI about that. 
Um, but the issue, obviously, is uh, just getting him back on the mound. And if you're out for six weeks, that means you need to build up strength, baseball activities, rehab stint. So, I mean, really, you're looking way beyond six weeks. You're probably looking towards the end of June uh, before McHugh takes the mound again for the Houston Astros. Jorge Soler, now a Kansas City Royal, has an oblique injury. He's placed on the DL. Now, for those of you who have not really looked at the DL uh, changes, there is now a 10-day disabled list, not a 15-day. So uh, players can come back relatively quickly. And for a pitcher, that's two starts, not three starts. And it's retroactive, obviously. But Soler was placed on the DL, the 10-day DL, uh, on uh, or, uh, last Sunday. So he's almost uh, eligible to come back. Uh, he was supposed to be the starting right fielder, but uh, he may return as early as uh, Wednesday against Oakland, but Jorge Soler out with an oblique. And those oblique injuries can linger, and they can be four- to six-week type injuries. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall out with a shoulder injury as uh, uh, he was uh, – uh, he could possibly return next week from the DEL, only owned in 10% of CBSSports.com leagues. Roberto Osuna for Toronto, neck injury for him. He expects to return on Tuesday. Uh, he pitched a sim game yesterday, uh, not dealing with any lingering pain. So that is, uh, that is a good sign for the Toronto closer at this point, but he is looking to come back for the Blue Jays over the next week. Rich Hill is dealing with a blister on his finger, and he is put on the 10-day 10, 10 DL. Now, the blister that Noah Syndergaard had, that's a really the first time he's been taken out of a start because of a, because of a blister, I believe. With Rich Hill, this is, a, this is a common occurrence, and this is something that has kind of uh, hampered him along the way. He's been on the DL because of it. Um, so that is something to watch out for. Um, he, he pitched five innings in his uh, opening start against San Diego, a run on two hits. He got the win but now on the DL with the blister issue. Garrett Richards, biceps problem. Uh, he was put on the DL uh, on Friday, um, and apparently an MRI revealing his elbow is structurally sound, uh, but just he has a nerve irritation in his bicep muscle. Uh, so that is, uh, uh, that is unfortunate for Richards, but it doesn't look to be major, and it looks like he'll only miss a single start. By the way, the live feed about to cut out. We still have some injuries, hot pickups, and uh, some week two preview information and, and wrapping up uh, fantasy hockey as well. So we hope you uh, check out the podcast. Thanks so much for listening live. Our next episode will be uh, next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We hope you can join us there on blogtalkradio.com slash the dash statman. Now on to the podcast only version, the final 15 minutes of our podcast, of our episode this Sunday. Hope you get out and enjoy the great weather, fantastic weather across the Northeast, the warmer weather coming out uh, today and, and for the next couple of days uh, around. So enjoy all of that, but uh, uh, take the podcast with you if you do. Uh, more injuries for week number two. Drew Pomerantz for the Boston Red Sox, a forearm injury, uh, but looking like he will – pitch. He is on track to pitch on Tuesday in the home opener against Dylan Bundy of the Baltimore Orioles, but Pomerantz looking to be on the mound. Of course, last year, Pomerantz had an up-and-down year, started off hot with San Diego, uh, and then after the trade to Boston, kind of did not pitch as well, but career highs in innings pitched, in wins, yes, in losses, but in strikeouts, too. He uh, was 11-12 and 12 uh, with 186 strikeouts and 170 and two-thirds innings, by far his best season 
uh, more than double in terms of fantasy points from his previous high because he was starting uh, every game. He set a career high in starts, too. He had 30 uh, last year. So uh, the Red Sox hoping that uh, they get the good Pomerantz and not the, and not the bad Pomerantz in their home opener. Martin Prado, uh, hamstring issue for him as uh, he may return during their uh, homestand as they open up against Atlanta uh, for two games and then the Mets for four, and Prado looking to come back during that. Of course, he played in the World Baseball Classic, and he was injured there. Um, okay, also Didi Gregorius of the Yankees, shoulder issue for him, taking some light swings. That is the, uh, that is the latest, according to the AP. Uh, he is weeks away from returning from the DL, but, but he is progressing well, according to uh, manager Joe Girardi. So uh, he will um, take his time in getting back. Of course, Gregorius last year uh, with a 20 home run season, he's never had double, double figures before, but in his second year in the Bronx, Bet a 276 and slugged 447 as a shortstop. His career, his career best so far for Gregorius, uh, but he is going to take his time coming back. Uh, also, Chris Tillman, a couple of pitching injuries, uh, live batting practice that that he threw, um, but uh, not sure when he return when he will return. Uh, he uh, uh, he will rehab. He will pitch in Double A Bowie for uh, uh, for at least a start and looking to come back to the Orioles in early May. Anthony DiSclefani with an elbow injury uh, and uh, going to the 60-day DL. Uh, he will miss the first month at least. And uh, uh, not sure when he will return, but that does not look good. He had a, uh, a good year uh, last year, 9-5, and five, a 3.28 earned run average in 20 innings for a bad Reds club in his really his second full year in the major leagues. Uh, but he is looking to miss at least the first month of the year. Uh, and uh, do we have any others? Let's uh, uh, let, let's let's cut it there. As uh, well, let's give you one more local. How about Stephen Matz? Uh, he will begin throwing again in late April. And JD Martinez, of course, owned in a lot of uh, leagues, most leagues. He's beginning to swing a bat uh, on Friday, progressing well, according to manager Brad Ausmus. He is going to rehab an extended spring training. Uh, so he will uh, take a while. He has a foot injury that he's trying to come back from. Uh, so those are the latest injuries, a lot of injuries already because of spring training, because of the World Baseball Classic, and the first couple of days of the season. All right, let's take a look at hot pickups. And um, obviously the, uh, uh, the flavors of the week, Mark Reynolds uh, for the Colorado Rockies. We've talked about his hitting exploits. Um, also, Clayton Richard. Uh, is off to a good start for the uh, San Diego Padres. A 33-year-old left-handed pitcher won his first start with uh, no runs on five hits, two walks, and five strikeouts in his game against the Dodgers in L.A. He will pitch today at home against Johnny Cueto and then in Atlanta against R.A. Dickey. So he has two starts coming up in the next week. For, for leagues that are Monday to Sunday, he has, one, he has one start because he's pitching today. This week is a two-start week for Clayton Richard. Uh, could be a flash in the pan, could be something more than that. Clayton Richard, of course, looking at his numbers in his, in his career, he's hit uh, uh, the 14 win mark twice. His career year was really in 2010, uh, where he was 14-9 and nine at 33 starts and had a 3.76 earned run average. Um, but he's off to a good start this year. He was with the Padres then, he's with the Padres again. Uh, also, and, and Richard's available in medium-sized leagues. Reynolds available in deep leagues, but not for long. 
in shallow leagues, how about uh, Manuel Margot? I mean, he's in medium leagues now at 40%, but next week his, his ownership jumps up to 57. Um, and uh, it's basically because of his two-home run game against San Francisco in the Padres' home opener. Um, so that, uh, that could be a reason why, but he's an, he could be an impact rookie for the San, uh, San Diego Padres. Um, also in shallow leagues, Brandon Finnegan, uh, Travis Shaw, and let's, uh, let's give you a couple of deeper league or medium league options. How about Sandy Leone of the Boston Red Sox? Of course, a big home run against Pittsburgh uh, in the second game of the season, but getting some playing time, batting 417 with uh, a home run and three RBIs. Um, not an everyday catcher. That's something you do have to worry about. Maybe more for daily fantasy leagues, Sandy Leone at this point, but available in medium-sized leagues. Um, deep leagues. Here's a name that a lot of people uh, aren't talking about uh, because of a good debut, though. People are starting to talk about him. 22-year-old right-handed pitcher Antonio Senzatella of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, no runs on two hits in five innings, three walks and six Ks in Milwaukee. In his opening start, he will go against Jared Weaver of the Padres at home. Always beware of Rockies pitchers. We're talking a lot about Rockies pitchers this uh, this week because of Greg Holland. Uh, but just a, maybe a name to follow along to, uh, Senzatella, the starting pitcher for the Rockies. Uh, also, Santiago Casilla, the former Giant, he's across the bay now in Oakland. He has a save in three appearances, uh, but he is pitching uh, the eighth inning uh, as Ryan Madsen is the closer in Oakland. But Casilla is the setup man, and Madsen hardly has his stamp on the roll. So Casilla having a little bit of closer experience, probably more effective in the eighth inning, but a guy to think about. Uh, right there. So those are some uh, some interesting options. Um, let's give you one more. Amir Garrett, a player who uh, he's a left-handed pitcher, 24 years old, had a great major league debut in St. Louis, no runs on two hits in six innings. Um, and um, that is, uh, it, Garrett was a long shot to make the opening day roster. He did uh, off a great spring. And um, uh, he is in the lineup now, former college basketball player, I believe. And now he is uh, in the lineup for the Cincinnati Reds and, uh, and pitching well. So that is another uh, interesting option available in uh, deep leagues for the moment. Okay, two-star pitchers next week. Let's, uh, let's give you a couple of guys in the over 50% starting uh, group that I would uh, sit. Um, I would probably sit Michael Pineda because the Yankees are not playing well. Um, and with the injury to Gary Sanchez, we didn't talk about that injury, but Gary Sanchez put on the DL with the biceps issue after a bad swing last night. Pineda, uh, you know, his last three starts going back to last year, obviously. But Pineda is a guy who is hot or cold. He did have a pretty good spring, but he's going to be going up against Alex Cobb in the home opener for the Yankees and then uh, against the Cardinals in the interleague matchup this weekend or next weekend at, uh, at Yankee Stadium against Carlos Martinez, who's the ace of the Cardinals staff. I would probably sit him. He's starting at 63% of CBSSports.com leagues. Uh, Jared Eikhoff, I would sit him, even though uh, he he is uh, he has good potential for the Phillies. Uh, he you know he, he only gave up a couple of runs in six and two thirds innings in his first start in Cincinnati. However, he's got a tough week at home on Monday against Jacob Degrom, and then in Washington on uh, Easter Sunday against Tanner Roark. A couple of good teams playing pitching against the best teams in the division. He's starting at 53% of CBSSports.com leagues, but I would sit him at this point. Um, Charlie Morton, I would start him. 34% of CBSSports.com leagues. He's pitching in two pitch, pitchers' ballparks 
in Seattle against James Paxton on Monday, in Oakland against Jarrell Cotton on Easter Sunday. Uh, and, and Morton, I, I would definitely uh, uh, pick him to start. Uh, and let's give you one more uh, deep one here. Uh, is, is there a good one? Um, how about Senzaletta? Or Senzatella, sorry. Senzatella. It's going to take me a while to get that name. Antonio Senzatella of the Rockies at home against Weaver and then on the road against Jeff Samarja in San Francisco. That could be an interesting matchup. He's only starting in 8% of CBSSports.com leagues. Uh, in terms of our hitting stars, uh, uh, hit schedule stars for the week, week two is going Monday to Sunday. I like the Red Sox. They play seven games, six of them at home. Uh, they, go, they have a wraparound series in Detroit, but then they have two at home against Baltimore, a home game on Thursday against Pittsburgh before a three-game weekend set against Tampa, uh, but uh, not bad. Toronto with uh, six home games, two against Milwaukee, four against Baltimore. They can beat up on the Brewers there. Uh, that, that would be a pretty good one. Six home games for the Indians this week, three against the White Sox, three against Detroit. Uh, and let's give you a couple of other ones. Uh, six home games for Seattle, three against Houston, three against Texas. And um, uh, the Mets are on the road, but they have three in Philly and four in Miami. But how Miami has played them, I don't know if the Mets are licking their chops to see the Marlins anytime soon. The Reds have three games in Pittsburgh, four games at home against the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, how about the San Diego Padres? Three in Colorado, three in the new ballpark in Atlanta, so you get a couple of games, uh, three games of cores that will uh, that will be pretty good. In terms of the teams with difficult schedules, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays have three at Yankee Stadium and three at Fenway Park. That is not going to be easy for them. Uh, also, uh, let's see, the Angels have three at home against the Rangers, but then they go to Kansas City uh, for three. That's not going to be easy. Speaking of the Rangers, they have three in Anaheim, three in Seattle, Miami, two at home against Atlanta, and then a four-game set at home against the Mets. The Phillies have three at home against the Mets, three on the road against Washington. Those are all tough schedules coming up uh, for hitters in week number two. Uh, okay, let's get to fantasy hockey. We have a couple of minutes left. The top, uh, the top forwards uh, in the last eight days, we're taking a look April 1st through the 8th. We don't have the stats for today yet, obviously. But Milan Lucic of the Edmonton Oilers, five goals and an assist plus four, seven penalty minutes for those five goals on the power play, 29.5 fantasy points for Milan Lucic in, in uh, what has become a pretty good year. You know, he's been a 30-goal scorer in the past, uh, but 23 goals, 26 assists, that's three more goals than last year, um, and 50 penalty minutes. Uh, he's had a good season, not a great season, probably not a season that is representative of the contract that he signed, but still, a good year for Milan Lucic and a great year for the Edmonton Oilers. They still have one more game to try and get that Pacific Division victory, or title, I should say. Uh, but uh, Lucic was the best forward in the league. Arturi Lekkonen of the Montreal Canadiens, four goals to assist a plus five. He had 29 fantasy points. Jeff Skinner of the Carolina Hurricanes, what was ultimately a disappointing season for the Hurricanes, but Skinner, 37 goals for the year, 28 assists. The 37 goals, the most in his career, he has had a solid season. He has had five goals over the last week, uh, 24 points for him. Brian Little and Anders Lee tied for fourth place. Lee, uh, four goals and an assist. He now has 33 goals on the season. Brian Little, a goal and seven assists, 23 points for both of them. The top local would be Anders Lee with his 23 fantasy points. For defenseman, Oscar Kleffbaum of the Oilers, 28 fantasy points. He had six assists and a plus one. Alex Peterangelo, 25 and a half fantasy points, two goals, four assists for him. 
Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk of the Capitals, 21 fantasy points, two goals and an assist, a plus two. Nate Schmidt, his teammate, 20 fantasy points, a goal and an assist, a plus six. And Nick Letty with 19 fantasy points, tied with Eric Carlson for fifth. Letty, uh, four assists, a plus one. Carlson, two goals and an assist, a plus three. Letty is the top local. And finally, among goaltenders, uh, Yaroslav Halak, the top goaltender in fantasy hockey over the past week. Four wins, no losses, a shutout, uh, five goals on 128 shots, 1.24 goals against a 961 save percentage. Remember, he was in the minor leagues not too long ago. If he was up with the big club and sorted it out sooner, maybe the Islanders would be in the playoffs. But Halak, 40.6 fantasy points. Craig Anderson, second at 33.5, 3-0 with a shutout, a 1.44 goals against John Gibson, third with 25.4, Tuka Rask at 25.2, and Matt Murray, 23 points even. None of those top five goaltenders had a loss, and all of them but Murray had a shutout. And all of them but Murray had goals against under two. So a solid goaltending week there. Uh, all right. That is just about going to do it here for, uh, from northern New Jersey. I'm George Topolis, the stat man. We will be with you next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Remember, take the bracket challenge. Look for sports with the stat man as a league. Go to NHL.com slash bracket tomorrow to, to, uh, uh, to pick your playoff uh, to make your playoff picks, you have to do it before Wednesday. That's when the playoffs start on the NBC family of networks. And, uh, of course, uh, we will uh, announce the leaders on the show. So uh, we'll be on with you next Saturday right here on blogtalkradio.com slash the dash statman, also available on iTunes, on Stitcher. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash sports with the statman, and on Twitter at gstatman. The website is statmansportsonline.com. That's going to do it here from Northern New Jersey. I'm George Sotopoulos. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next Saturday from New Jersey. Have a great day, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.